0: So the question is, do we change or, or do we stay the same? I think we change our habits and behaviors, those personality traits that we need to kind of change a little bit. I think those things change, but our, our unique design stays the same. The way God designed us. See, God designed you. Sin has corrupted you. And you really need to reclaim your original design. In so many of our lives, as we get older, God designs us and then sin corrupts us a bit, all right, just our sinful nature and maybe things that we've got, habits we've gotten ourselves into. But what we want to do is we want to reclaim our original design, the way God designed us to be. As we close out our series, Finding Jesus, I want to focus on what it looks like to become more like Christ. What it looks like. We're starting a new series next week, okay? Um, but this morning we're going to close out this Finding Jesus series, and and again, I want to focus on what it looks like to to become more like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's so it's so important. In Romans 8:29 it says this: For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. But then how do we become more like Christ? That's the question. How can you? How can I? How can we as the body become more like Christ? Well, let's look at the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 18. It says this, "But we, but we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In this verse, we learn that it's possible, that it it is possible for us to reach that ultimate goal of being conformed to the likeness of His Son in Romans. Paul says it's possible. We with unveiled faces, we, we, we who are followers of Jesus Christ can become more like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ each and every day. The Christian life, which I love, the Christian life is about change. The Christian life is about transformation. Paul says we all are being transformed into his likeness. We all are being transformed day by day into his likeness. The word transformed comes from the Greek word metamorpho. Okay, it's where it's where we get the whole idea of the word metamorphosis where we talk about a, a, a caterpillar changing into a butterfly, if you will. The, the word metamorpho actually means to change from one form to another, to be transformed, it said, to be transfigured. It, it's, it's used by Matthew, Matthew 17, 1 and 2, to, to describe the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 17 and verse 2, it tells us that Jesus transfigured before them. It says his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light. So he was transfigured. It's that same word that metamorphosis He went through a transfiguration. And the great thing is, the really cool thing for us this morning is that we go through a transformation as well. When we ask Christ to come into our lives, he begins to transform us into the likeness of God. God says, be holy as I am holy. Become like me. And we are, we are, we are going through a metamorphosis. We are going through a change in our lives to become more like Him. We can undergo that, we can undergo that transformation as well. It's the end of 2017, right? We're going into 2018. Some of the things that we, we hoped that we would accomplish in 17, uh, maybe we didn't and we're going into 18. And don't be discouraged because if you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, He will change you. He will transform you. There are some things that we need to do to help bring that about, some habits that we can get into to help bring that about, but God is in the habit. God is an expert at taking who I am and helping me become who He wants me to be. So be encouraged by that. We are all undergoing transformation as well. In Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters to, 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 in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer, right? Hear these words, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Our transformation allows us to test and approve the perfect will of God. I mean, don't don't lose don't lose that. Okay, don't lose the significance of that. Our transformation as we change, as we transform, we are better. better to, we are better able to understand, if you will, the will, the perfect will of God. Do you want to know God's will for your life? I mean, I don't know how many times I've been asked in my life from people, how do I know God's will? How do I know God's purpose for my life? If you want to know God's will for your life, then you need to be transformed. You need you need to be changed. You need to become more like Christ. The more like Christ you become, the better better that you will understand the will of God. The more that just makes sense. It just makes sense. I will understand God's will for my life more 20 years from now than I understand it right now. Why? Because if I continue to be changed, if I continue to be transformed into the image of Christ, I will then understand God more. I will understand what God wants from me. I'll be more my spirit will be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I will have more of a sensitive conscience because I'll have disciplined myself and I will have become more like Christ. And that will help me understand the will of God. If you want to understand God's purpose for your life, you say, what is God's purpose for my life? If you truly want to understand God's purpose for your life, your mind needs to change and become more Christ centered. And the only way, honestly, there are other things you can do, but the the, truly the only way to become more Christ centered is to know God's word, to read God's word, to understand God's word. If you want to become more like Christ, you need to study and understand who he is, how he lived, what he said, what was said about him. That will help us be transformed into the likeness of Christ. That should be our priority for 2018. Of all the other things, uh, you know, the New Year's resolutions that people will make, the one resolution that we should make and keep is that we would spend more time in the Word. And hear me out. I'm a pastor. We're in church. And so I'm supposed to say, you know, read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this, please hear this in a different way this morning. Do you want to understand the will of God? The answer for everyone is most likely yes. Do you want to know God's purpose for your life? The answer that most people would give, even if you're not a Christian, a believer, would be yes. And what I'm saying to you is the only way to understand, to truly understand God's perfect will for your life, God's purpose for your life is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, because then you are closer to God and can hear him more clearly. You cannot get closer to God. You cannot be conformed to the image of Christ if you don't know the word of God, God's word to us. It's simple. It's logic. So I'm not just saying read the Bible, it's good for you. I'm saying if you truly want to have your life transformed, if you truly want to know what, why you're here, why you exist, then that's what, that's what we all need to do. And as I've grown in my faith, I've also realized something else. I've learned that, that to understand God's will, to truly understand God's will, we need to, we need to wait on Him. We need to listen to His voice. And and that voice of God as we read Scripture and the Holy Spirit speaks to us and illuminates the Word, helps us understand His Word, that transforms us. We need to wait on God. We are so, and I'll get into this in the next series, 40 Days of Love. is Our next series is 40 Days of Love. You do not want to miss this. It's seriously, relationally transformational. Our relationship with God, transformational. Okay, but right now we need to truly if we can understand if we can truly understand what it means to just take a step back because we don't do this. We are so busy. We are so stressed. We are so overwhelmed that we we've lost the ability to just wait and listen to God. Some of you, I, I could walk every person or I could walk so many people up here and you could give testimony to the time you went on that missions trip or the time you went on that retreat or the time that you got away in nature or the time you just spent alone with God was probably the most transformational time in your entire life. You were able to listen, you were able to hear him speak to you. That cannot happen when we're just busy, 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 go, 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 noise, 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 noise. It, it, it's, it's so difficult for that to happen. We need to take the time to just listen to him. In First Kings, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, First Kings 19, 11 and 12, it says this. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. You truly want to hear from God? Honestly, a lot of the times he's not coming in earthquakes and fire and loudness and go. Ah, it's going to be when you get alone and you sit down and you listen and you spend time with him. Most of us are going to hear this and not do anything about it because we're going to leave this room and we are not going to find the time because we're so stinking busy. This is—it is killing us. What we truly, truly desire meaningful relationships, strengthening our relationships, um, understanding God's purpose for our lives, finding peace and joy and contentment in our lives. All those things come from what I'm describing, but we're so crazy with our schedules, we have no margin whatsoever, that we can't even find the thing we desire most. You go after it with all... Like that earthquake, you go after it like a fire, you go after it whatever, when really... The way God speaks to us most of the time is in a gentle whisper. I mean, how often do you spend time with God when things are going really well, when things are kind of slowing down and life is going great? You just kind of take it for, take them for granted. But then when something tragic happens, when something challenging happens, when problems occur, we run over to God but, and, and just, God, help me. You know, you got to fix this. And, and, that, and that's what we should do. If we're in trouble, we want to go to God. But here's the thing. If you really want to grow in your relationship with Christ, if you want to become more like Christ, if you want to get closer to God, if you want to understand your purpose in your life, then the smarter thing to do is when things are calmer, when things are not bad, when things aren't challenging, sit at the feet of Christ and just learn and listen. Just talk to Him. Be quiet spend some time with him sit at his feet not when there is a bunch of trouble happening but just when things are fine you can listen you can focus more of your attention you're not just focus on your problem you're just focused on listening to what he wants to say for your life at that moment you know it, it's it's really hard to hear god you say, Oh, I just want to hear from God. It's really hard to hear from God if you won't stop and listen, or if you're searching for God in all the wrong places in the hurricane and the wind and the and the earthquake and the fire. It's kind of hard to hear if you're searching for God in all the wrong places and you're not taking the time just to sit and down and actually listen. Here's what I want you to do, a little bit of homework. I want you to take some time this week and fast. Some of you say, I've never fasted before. We're going to do a Jewish fast. Jewish fast is basically sun up to sundown, right? So if you really don't think you can make it, go eat breakfast before the sun comes up, right? And then you get home. at night. I'm doing this in the wintertime. I'm helping you guys out. It's like dark at like 4.30, you know what I'm saying? So you can pull this one off, all right? So a Jewish fast, sun up to sundown. down. i am do in the summer because then it'll be 9 o'clock and you'll be starving to death. But what I want you to do, if you can, get alone with him read the word, listen. That's what I want you to do. Most of you are like, you've got to be joking, okay? I just can't do it. I understand that. I thought about that this week. Then what I want you to do is, is just spend time with God that entire day. And when your stomach grumbles a little bit and you're thinking about lunch or breakfast or dinner or whatever, I want you to be thinking about, why am I doing this? Oh yes, I'm fasting and I need to spend time with God. And just pray, and just say, God, speak to me through, speak to me through the challenges of this day. Speak to me, Lord God, as I'm driving to work. Speak to me as I'm on my way to school. Speak to me, whatever it is for you, just try to keep him in mind all day long. Spend some time with him. And I, I want to challenge you something else. You may think this, I'm not being sarcastic, but read the Bible for one minute. Okay, One minute. A day. One minute. I'm not asking for like a quiet time of an hour or go in the closet and pray for an hour. I'm talking about one minute. Pick up your Bible. Um, start like g- read the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You know what I mean? Read, read, just pick a book of the Bible in the new Testament. Start with the new Testament and read for one minute. That's all I'm asking, I don't care if first Corinthians, second Corinthians, just pick up, pick a book, one minute, as far as you get, and if you're right in the middle of a sentence, just stop right there. Unless you want to finish the sentence, that's up to you. I'm asking for God just one minute to get in the habit of doing that. Transformation comes as we know and we understand the Word of God. We need to listen to Him. We need to choose to spend time with Him. We need to read, we need to pray, we need to reflect. I remember when, this was 18 years ago, I was in kind of a personal crisis and um, a crisis of decision, like what kind of what to do, um, a direction, if you will. No question about me being in, involved in ministry. I wanted to be in ministry. I just didn't know what direction that would take. But 18 years ago, um, before we started Grace Chapel and a good friend of mine, Ron, Ron Toby said to me, I, I just left my youth pastor position, and he said to me, you know, you don't have any clear direction right now. I want you to, he challenged me, we're good friends, he said, I want you to take the, this time and really go before the Lord, spend some time alone with God, and let Him let Him give you direction. Don't just decide, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go do this. And so, since I didn't have anything clearly in my mind, I, that's what I did. And a friend of mine, Rene Gonzalez, who is uh, from Mexico, he called me, knew uh, that I had just stepped out of my position, And he said, hey, why don't you come to Mexico? Um, I got a house in the mountains and you can go up to the mountains and you can, you know, just spend time with God and contemplate. And so that's pretty much what I did. I flew to Mexico. I got in a car. I got in his car and drove up to the top of this mountain. It was really, really pretty up there. The only thing was, you think you get to the top of a mountain, right? And it'd be quiet. It was, you ever hear a mariachi band or whatever? I mean, it was like, I mean, they had speakers and they were just like, boom, boom. They were just going at it. And then some guy was mowing his lawn. I've never even seen a mower, you know, in a lot in Mexico. This guy had a lawnmower. One guy's mowing his lawn. Another neighbor over here is playing his music. And there was, th- you know, things, roosters crowing. It was so loud. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm trying to concentrate. I'm trying to pray. And God led me to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and 12. I mean, literally, I wasn't thinking, oh, what is that verse where they talked about being on a mountaintop? I promise you, God led me to this verse. It was, it was for, my, for me, it was miraculous for me. You're sitting up there, you're listening, and I just turned to that page in 1 Kings 19. And it was absolutely amazing, because what was amazing about it was as soon as I started reading that verse... The the music completely stopped. The mower went off. There were no animals, you know, doing anything, making any noise whatsoever. It was dead silent. And then I read that verse. Again, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord is about to pass by. And, you know, and and there was a wind and there was an earthquake and there was a fire. And it said this gentle whisper and it was dead silent. And that's honestly where God really put in my heart that, you know, I want you, I know you've got different thoughts in your head, Jeff Greer, but I want you to start this church, Grace Chapel. And that's why, we, that's why I'm standing up here in this place, because I spent that time with God. I also had a personal crisis because during like four, three or four years before that happened, I was in a, a personal crisis of, um, you ever, you ever uh, you're around, I know most of you understand this, you're around people um, and I'm not talking family members, but you're around enough people and they're they may be discouraging you from certain kinds of behaviors. And I'm not talking about sinful behaviors, just the way God designed you. Right. And the way God designed me, I'm the kind of person that if I if 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 I want to try, if I want to accomplish something, I'll, I'll try to do it this way. And if if that doesn't work, then I I start thinking. Well, what if I did this? And what if I attached that to this? And this person said that, and I start connecting the dots, and I make it happen a different way. Well, that was that for for some reason, that was kind of getting on some people's nerves. Because you know, I would try it one way if it didn't work. I just tried a different way, and ultimately I bring it about. But that's just my personality. But I was being criticized, if you will, like many of you for your for your personality. And I'm not talking about. Let me differentiate here. I remember I have family members who are now passed away, and I remember if you confronted them with their personality, they say this is just the way God made me. Okay, God did not make you that way. Okay. <laughs> God did not make you with that kind of uh, aggressive, nasty behavior in your personality. That's something you need to work on. But that's what they say. That's the way God made me. So I'm not talking about defending your personality when it's sinful. I'm talking about just you normally as a person and what you do. You know, so many of you have heard when you were younger, all right, um, you're never going to amount to anything. Um, why don't you be more alike? If you could just be more like so-and-so, if you could just be more like your sister or be like your brother, why can't you? Why can't you? You know, that kind of that kind of attitude. To that kind of conversation. And it shuts, sometimes that shuts you down. It shuts down that part of your personality. I said in the very very beginning, we want to change. We want to transform. We want to transform our habits and behaviors that are sinful and change those parts of our personality. That's good. But you want to hold on to the core. You want to hold on to your unique design. You want to hold on to that original design because even though it may rub people the wrong way or they may think certain things, the reality is that's the way God has designed you. You know, we have kids sometimes. Why don't you be like your brother? That's not the way God designed that person. They don't just want to sit quietly and read a book. They're out wanting to climb a tree and carry on and doing this. And you're like, calm down. Why can't you be more? Don't do that to people. Because that person becomes a dynamic leader. They're a risk taker. That's their personality. Train up a child in the way they should go. If they're sinful behaving your child, if they're lying or they're stealing or those kinds of things, yes, change that habit, change that behavior. But don't try to change the core of someone and who they are, because that's the way God originally designed them, and God's going to use them in a powerful way. So you wanna you wanna you wanna make sure you're 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 moving that in a direction that allows that person to use that. And I I don't mean this in an aggressive and a negative way. But that aggressive tendency is a good thing. People who are that way, the people who will stand up don't get pushed around they don't they don 't go with, along with the crowd they They blaze trails they don 't follow that's okay that's a good thing. So we, we all go through these crises, and, and I'm telling you, I went through, for me personally, I went through that crisis, and I was on that mountaintop, and everything was dead silent, and all of a sudden, I heard, heard a rooster crow. I hadn't heard a rooster crow in 15 minutes. All of a sudden, a rooster crows, and God says to my heart, why does a rooster crow? I thought, that's a silly, interesting question. Why does a rooster crow? And I, that's what I kept hearing. Why does a rooster crow? And I didn't really have an answer except for that's, you know, and God spoke to my heart and just said, because that's what I've designed roosters to do. That's what I've created roosters to do. Some of you, honestly, God created you to crow. God designed you a specific way and that's been crushed by maybe other, person, other, other relationships in your life, but it's been crushed. There are certain personality flaws, my friends, you need to change. I'll raise my hand first. There are certain personality flaws. There are certain things, even good things that I do that I need to tweak. I need to change because behavioral things affect, negatively affect other people. But there are certain designs that God has placed in you. You are designed a certain way. You are designed to crow. And God said to me, you, you, roosters crow because I designed them that way. Do what I designed you to do. I want you to start this church. I want you to do what I use the gifts, the talents and abilities that I designed you to use. And the same thing goes for you. I only bring that up to encourage you. If you have, if someone has crushed your design, I've had two people in the last three weeks, honestly, say the exact same thing in conversations. One was a speaker and one I was talking to two days ago. They said a teacher at some point in their lives in third or fourth grade grabbed them by the ear, both of them, two separate people from actually two different parts of the world, grabbed them by the ear and said, you're never going to amount to anything. And it has affected both those people. In One person, they just feel like they're always fighting to prove they're going to be something. Now I'm talking to these people in their 40s, but they're proving they're going to be, they're going to be something. One person struggling in that area, the other person, after he got grabbed by the ear, said, no one will ever be above me in school. And since that teacher grabbed his ear, he has never been second in any school he's ever been in his life intellectually, never. We are profoundly changed by how people speak to us and the words they say to us. We can't own some of those words, guys. We got to let that go. If you're going to transform, if you're going to be transformed if you're going to be renewed, if you're going to change, you're going to have that change come about, if you're going to have that metamorphosis in your life where you go from that that caterpillar to that butterfly, you need to put away some of the words from the past that are holding you back from what God has designed you to be and God has designed you to do. You say, what is God's will for my life? What is God's purpose for my life? You're asking the question... But even if God told you, you're shackled to what some words that people put in your mind and your heart, and you need to let it go. Two things. Work on your sins, your personality flaws, your habits, your behaviors that are just flat-out sinful. That's got to go. Okay? You've got to work on that and transform that way. The other thing you got to work on is you have, to, you have to stop allowing the words, the words that came from the pit of hell. Okay? Those words can no longer dominate and dictate your life. Let me give you another... I've, I've said this probably 30 times. I'm going to keep saying it. Some of you are burdened by your past. You're burdened by your, your, your family of origin, whatever. You're burdened by the, where, you grew, where you grew up and, and the experience you had as a child. And there are three things that dominate a person's life. Okay? One is genetics your grandfather was an alcoholic your great-grandfather was an alcoholic your father was an alcoholic so they tell you right exactly right so you have genetics or you know your father was angry and this person was angry and he had the genetic anger okay it's very true i'm not denying the fact that you know we we have a tendency genetically to be like our parents or grandparents that's fine don't take that away i'm not taking it away then you have environment not only are you genetically like someone, then you grow up in an environment where the person is that way, and so behaviorally, you're put in a situation where you're either abused or, or verbally or physically, whatever the case may be, so your environment was not a good one. Okay? For some of you it was. That is awesome. I'm so encouraged, I'm so uplifted by that. But some of you were, did not grow up in that kind of environment. You come from the other side of the tracks. You come from, you, you put the words in, in, you know, you put the words in your own mind. You come from whatever. So you got the environment. But let me tell you a truth that you need to hold on to that is from God's word, Okay? Genetics and environment are dominated, are crushed by the third thing that brings about transformation in our lives, that helps helps us become the person that we were designed to be, and that is the Holy Spirit of God. Let me say this very clearly. Genetics and environment don't come anywhere close to being the influence, if you allow it to happen, that the Holy Spirit can be in your life. The Holy Spirit dominates genetics, and the Holy Spirit dominates environment. I am, okay... I am, I am, they say, well, you have a tendency, you a because your grandfather, because your father, you have a tendency. You know what I have a tendency to do? I have a tendency because the Holy Spirit living in me to be conformed to the image of my Savior, Jesus Christ. That's my tendency. I understand my environment. I understand my genetics, but they don't dominate my destiny. God dominates my destiny. I'm not going to allow anything else in this world. I don't care about genetics. I don't care about environment. The Holy Spirit is going to dominate my destiny. I choose to allow the Holy Spirit to bring about transformation in my life. I choose to allow the Holy Spirit to bring about change in my life. And when those other things start to press in on me, I push them back and don't allow them. I recognize them for what they are and don't allow them to have influence or say in my existence and how I live my life. And when they do overtake me, I ask God to forgive me and I move on. You cannot allow anything to dominate your destiny. Except the will of God, the power of God in your life. We gotta hold on to that, guys. We really, really do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18, Paul continues, and we, and we. This is, this is so awesome. That means all of us, okay? That means, that means every single one of us. Transformation is not for some Christians. Transformation is for all Christians. It's not for some super special believers, you know. Just these hand-picked people that God hand-plucks out or whatever. It says for all, we are all going to be transformed. We are all going to be changed. Supernatural change is for everyone. We can all become. We are designed. We were predestined all to become like Him. Nobody, listen to this, nobody can go back, nobody can go back and start a new beginning. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but everyone, anyone, can start today and make a new ending. You can't go back and start a new beginning. What's happened has happened, but you can today, right now, you can start today and make a new ending. Ending. I love that about the Christian life. I absolutely love it. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you come from. It doesn't matter where you grew up or how it does. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. What matters is right now and you can start a new, you can, you can start fresh now and create a new ending to your life. You know, I said this so often. I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. I lost my father this year, okay, this summer. And my father, when I was growing up, wasn't the greatest of dads, all right? I didn't grow up with him. My brother grew up with him. I grew up with my mom in New York. My, My brother grew up with my father in Virginia. We saw each other at times for two and a half years. I didn't even know where they were, let alone talk to them, either my father or my brother. A couple of years, 15, 20 years ago, I thought when my grandfather died, I thought to myself, when my father dies, it's going to be awful. Not because my father died, but because of all that I lost, all that I've missed out on, what could have been. That's what I was concerned about. I love my dad. I love my dad then. I love my dad. But here's the cool thing about 15 or 20 years ago, my father started going through a transformation. My father went through a transformation and my father ended well. Our relationship was so strong within the last last 20, 15 or 20 years. Our relationship was incredibly strong. I spent loads of time with him. I love talking to him. I enjoyed spending every moment with him and talking about politics and talking about sports and talking about all those things. You know what? My father ended well. doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. And I'm using this word specifically. I looked it up in a dictionary. So if you're a a kid here, don't call people this. But my grandfather was a jerk. Okay? He was a verbally abusive jerk. But the last four or five years of his life, I was able to lead him to the Lord. In the hospital, I was able to baptize him. And I spent, when he had cancer, in the last few days of his life, I spent in the hospital room cleaning off the spit that was coming out of his mouth and in his face. I'd hold him up, I'd read scripture to him. I have his picture on my desk. when I see my grandfather, I don't think, "What a jerk." I think, "Man, we ended well. I gotta, my, I'm going to spending turning with my grandfather. It's going to be awesome. My dad, my grandfather. It doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. And we finished well. In 2 Corinthians 3:18, it continues with ever increasing joy this phrase suggests that our transformation again is progressive okay it's it's progressive it's not it's not a it doesn't happen all at once but gradually our transformation is taking place gradually it's so important for us to understand the bible calls that sanctification sanctification is you it means being set apart for god so every single individual here has been set apart for god's use all right it means being made holy to be made righteous So God has set you apart to make you righteous and holy to become more like Jesus Christ. That's the goal. And it is a process. It is an ongoing process. As Paul Paul said, he said, we are being transformed, present tense, not we have been transformed, past tense. We are being, we are all being transformed. Some of you are sitting here going, man, what a sermon. One person walked down and goes, that was rough. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I got to change. Well, That's good. (laughs) I know it's rough, but... But here's the cool thing, maybe sitting here all discouraged and thinking, oh, man, what kind of sermon is that to start out the new year? I got to change and I feel bad about myself. Here's the thing. If you're thinking, man, I have not grown the way I should. I I am not where I should be spiritually. That's okay, because here's the thing, you're actually thinking about it. It's actually bothering you, which means you are growing, which means the Spirit is speaking to you. So you may be growing slowly and gradually, and you can increase that, but don't be discouraged, because the fact that you're even thinking about it, and being a little bit discouraged about it, is a good thing, because it means you're still working, you're still growing, you're still trying, you're still striving. That's a good thing. And allow the Holy Spirit to continue to work, and it will increase. Sanctification, is living with God in every area of your life those who have grown in Christ my friends those who are spiritually mature have made their Christian life a priority it's become a priority they are connected to the body of Christ they spend time in prayer with God they are reading the word they are serving other people those who have made their lives a priority are doing those things on a consistent basis. And so they're growing and they're changing and they're transforming and they're understanding the will of God and understanding the purpose of God in their lives because they're going to become more like Christ. And the more you and Christ, boom, you become more like. You begin to understand. But then, but then Hebrews chapter 5 verses 11 through 14 talks about those who are not living that way. They're not growing spiritually. It says, we have much to say about this. Paul, listen. God wants to teach us, me, okay, Jeff first, God wants to teach Jeff and he wants to teach all of you some really cool things that will transform your life, transform your personality, transform your relationships, transform everything about you and the the life you're living right now. But here's what he says. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers. You have someone you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. You're not conforming to the image of Christ. You're not You're not growing. You're stagnant and staying there. And that's not what the Christian life is all about. Listen, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. If we want to know the will of God, if we want to grow in our relationship with Christ, if we want to know his purpose for our lives, then we need to be eating, if you will. We need to be eating the word. We need to be eating the word. We need to be sitting down with God and allowing him in the quietness of our own minds and quietness to feed us, to feed us, to feed us. And if that's not going to happen, we're not going to be able to distinguish even between good and right and wrong, let alone what is God's will and purpose for my life? Christians come to church and come to church and they come to church for years and years and years. And they don't grow and then they wonder they they kind of like oh why well, this isn't working. teenagers tell me oh man Christian dude, I don't go in Christian Christian Christianity is boring. You know what's boring? You're boring. You're boring. Okay. The God I serve I've never well I was bored before I was a believer. Okay. Miserable, angry, bored. I gave my life to Christ. Bored is the last thing I would ever use to describe my life. You know why? Because when you say, Oh man, use me, use me, use me. He says, Okay, because not many people are saying, Use me, use me. Your life is not boring. If your Christian life is boring, I say this with all the love of my heart, it's not God that's boring, it's you. You're boring. Okay, your spiritual walk is boring. Your desire to be with Christ is boring. It's not God who's lame. It's your walk that's lame. You've got to be just stating the truth as it is. I mean, you look, you look at the people in the Bible, man. They're walking on water. They're parting. They're walking through the Red Sea. They're doing, And, I, and I, I think to myself, I read that. I love reading that stuff, but I don't just want to. I don't want to read about it. I want to do it. I want to live it, man. I want to try to walk on the water. I want to try to pass through the sea. I want to take on a giant. I want to go into the lion's den. I want to live that myself. And if you think that's boring, golly, you got a problem. All right. Uh, The Christian life is not static. It's dynamic, constantly changing. It's constantly changing. We need to allow God to constantly change us. My friends, change is the essence of life. We need, you and I need to be willing to surrender. This is cool, okay? We need to be willing to surrender who we are for what we could, be, who we could become, for who we could become. You think, oh, I'm fine right now. You're, you're, you're missing it. You're not fine right now. You need to surrender who you are right now, what you are right now from what you could become. I challenge you. I dare you. I dare you to say to God, don't keep me where I am. You people say, well, God loves me just the way I am. He does. He loves you as you are, but he doesn't want you to stay as you are. God loves me. He loves Jeff Greer just as I am now, but tomorrow he wants me to change and become different, more like Christ. He'll still love me whether I do or not, But he loves me just as I am, but he doesn't want me to stay just as I am. And the great thing is, guys, that we can start today, right now, because the Bible is supernatural. And we can have that supernatural power, that supernatural change in our lives, because that supernatural change comes from God. Paul says this, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Our transformation comes from God. hear, Hear me out. Okay, our transformation comes from God. Stop getting in God's way. Get out of your own way and more importantly, get out of the Spirit's way. That transformation comes from God. It doesn't come from deep down, digging deep down and reading self-help and all that kind of stuff. It comes from God. So you need to allow God to work. Get out of your own way and more importantly, get out of the Spirit's way. You need to read His Word. You need to study the life of Jesus Christ and you need to get alone with God and allow Him to speak to your heart. Allow Him to speak and transform your mind. We can change. You and I, you and I, I don't care who you are. You're thinking, yeah, I don't think this is for me. Stop listening to the lies, okay? You and I can change the power of God in our lives. You and I can change the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our lives. We can change, my friends. We, 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 we may not be able, listen, we may not be able to change our destination in a day. You're not going to go from here to 20 years from now, okay, where you want to be. You may not be able to change your destination in a day, but listen, you can change your direction in a day. You can change, I'm, this is the direction I'm going. Listen to, here, listen to what I'm saying. All you need to do is change just the slightest bit, just change a little bit, and you change the trajectory of your life completely. You may not be able to change in a day the, the, the destination of your life, but you can change in one day the direction of your life. Make that first change. Listen, make that first change and unleash the power of the risen Christ in your life. Make that first, make a change. Choose, a, you're gonna, I'm going to change. Here's how I'm going to change. Allow God to start working you. Make that change and allow the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ to be unleashed in your life. Bow your heads with me. As we close here, here's what I want you to do before you leave here today or sometime today. I want you to ask yourself, what is one thing that I can change that I need to change in my life to help me become more like Jesus Christ? If you're not really sure, ask someone that's close to you. Have the courage to ask them not to be discouraging to you, but just one thing. Maybe you can probably figure it out yourself. Ask yourself, what is one thing that I need to change to become more like Jesus Christ? And then once you answer that question, I want you to find someone that you trust. And I want you to ask them to help to keep you accountable. Find someone you trust, tell them what you're trying to change, and then ask them to keep you accountable to that thing. That's that's our homework. We need to make that change. If you would, just stand with me, but keep your eyes closed, just, for, just stand up. As we close out with this song, and I want you to be thinking, as we close out with this song, we close out really 2017, I want you to be thinking about that change as we sing this song. I want you to listen to the words of this song as well. But I want you to be thinking about that change. I want you to be thinking about who you trust that you can tell so they can keep you accountable. And little by little, just, again, can't change our destination. We can change our direction just slightly will make all the difference. A year from now, if you just turn slightly, you will be in a different place in your life. God, we praise you. We thank you. We ask for your power to change in Jesus' name. Amen.